Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Forza Italian Football Podcast. Normal service, I want to say, has resumed, but it's not quite normal because we're going to be coming at you every four days or so for the next, what, six weeks, I think? Who knows? Who knows? Um, as ever, I am your host, Connor Clancy. Kev Pugzelski is here. He looks even a little bit different to the last time I saw him when he looked different to the time before that that I saw him. Hello, Kev. Hi Connor, yeah, the, hair, the hair's, uh, hair's still growing and oh, I'm yeah, The hair, but I'm not talking about the hair on top of your head. Oh well, I'm hair, I'm, yeah, I've got a bit of chest hair on show if the camera dips down low enough. It yeah. is 27 degrees, unheard of at times in uh, the sunny south of England. What, it's 27 degrees now? No, it can't be now, but it has been all day. Okay. Um, also, uh, okay. It's currently at, at 10 past midnight, 23 degrees here in Parma, which feels it says, 28. It says 23 here, Connor. Okay, so we're, we're on the same. Um, mm. However, today it was 33, which, you know, when you go into your little app and it says feels like 37. Um, that is no environment for an Irish boy to be living in. But anyway, Vito Doria is sitting quietly. Vito, hello. Hello, Connor. Um... Yeah, a bit of mixed emotions. And actually, it's not so much just because of the latest bunch of results. There's been some excitement, been a bit of, dis- bit of disappointment. But uh, um, Australian viewers of Italian football are going through a tough time as we have limited options to watch a game. So I had to watch Atalanta-Lazio on uh, Raw International. Oh. Why? What's yeah. happening? What's the issue? Australian viewers would usually watch 
Serie on BN Sports. But unfortunately, due to a dispute, um, Qatar, uh, well, BN Sports in Qatar decided to take the Serie rights off because uh, the Supercoppa Italiana was played in Saudi Arabia and they've um, illegally shown BN Sports games in their country. So as a response to that, everyone around the world who watches Serie through BN Sports has had to suffer. So I'm not able to watch all the games as I would like. So between my international and watching highlights on YouTube, um, I'm a bit restricted for the time being, which is a bit of a shame. Makes me want to be there more so in Italy and hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel next year. Yeah, let's hope so. It would be great to have you over here. You were obviously here in September, October time on a, on a short term yes. basis, which was yes. nice. It'd be nice to have you here more, more permanently. And then we just need to get Mr. Pogzowski out here as well. The whole team, so <laughs> everyone will be happy. Anyway, guys, Beautiful. um, it's good to have Serie A back, isn't it? Like it really is. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it certainly started better than some of the other leagues, and with Atlanta smashing goals in, I know you're keen to talk about them. Um, feels like it's never been away. All right, you've brought them up. Um, they're a joke. It, it's unbelievable. They've played two games. They've already scored seven goals. Um, I know that's kind of, they're letting the side down there. Usually they hit seven in one game, but it's taken them two games to score seven goals this time. We will start with them because Lazio have just thrown away, um, which is kind of harsh on Lazio given who they're against. But Lazio blew a two-goal lead in Bergamo this evening, Wednesday. Um, June 24th it's going to be hard to to keep tabs on that but it's something that comes as quite a serious blow to their title hopes Vito they're now four points behind Juve and Juve despite not playing well they they got a win against Bologna we're not going to focus game by game rather club by club and it is going to be a bitter pill to swallow for Lazio absolutely especially considering that they were leading 2-0 I thought also that Immobile himself probably could have added at least two chances, maybe even a third a third chance. Um, there was a chance in the first minute where he sliced the ball across goal, and then around the 26th or 28th minute mark, he, he had about two good chances, but he wasn't able to put them away. So I think uh, eventually that managed to hurt Lazio. And... Uh, Atalanta's defence in that first half were rather open. And I was watching this game with my father. He was saying that Atalanta's defence was too open. And under normal circumstances, I would think, look, um, Gasparini, or in this case, his assistant, Tullio Gritti, should tighten up the defence. But this is Atalanta and this is how they play. Not only that, you wouldn't expect them to suffer a 5 or 6 nil loss at home. Atalanta have this way of mustering these comebacks and that's what they ended up doing. They showed that one way or another, even if things are tough on them, they'll find a way to turn things in their favour. Well, they've picked up more points from losing positions than than anyone in Europe's top five leagues since Gasparini took over. And last season, they, they did the same thing more than anyone in Italy. This season, they're doing the same thing. Kev, how do they keep doing it, Atalanta? Because going 2-0 down against anyone, I mean, you kind of think, right, it's going to be a difficult mountain to climb. Um, But going 2-0 down against a team who have serious title aspirations, 
it's a different thing completely, but they still come back and still left with all three points. Yeah, I think so. Some I think somebody texted me in the week and they asked if uh, if Lazio would um, would would chase Juve down. And I I kind of said to them, we just don't know how they're going to come back from the break because they had that long run of unbeaten games. Whereas the flip side with Atalanta is their games sort of swing from being behind, being in front, you know, much, much more. So it's almost as if it doesn't phase them. Whereas as soon as it got back to 2-2, you could only really see it going in one one way because Atlanta, Atlanta have got that experience of, you know, not letting a setback get them down. Um, you know, that, that sort of, um, what do we call it, muscle memory of, you know, where people are going to run because the group have been together so long. You know, and again, that that group that have been together so long are sort of suffering in adversity together. That's where I fear for Lazio now that this could be a setback that they won't come back from. Yeah, well, the Lazio thing is, it's difficult. It's a like a serious kick in the teeth for them. They're now, what, four points behind Juve, but there are still 11 rounds left, like 11 games. A lot can change in that time, Vito, and... As we kind of touched on, Juve haven't exactly impressed since they've come back against Milan, nor Napoli, nor Bologna. Um, do you think that Lazio are still kind of... Will, will they still fancy themselves to push Juventus until the very, very end? Look, because of the matches that are left over and the margin, I think it's still possible, but... Uh, Lazio can't afford to squander these kind of leads. That being said, not many other teams can come back like Atalanta did. So I think when they're playing a, you know, with all due respect to the next opponents, uh, any weaker opponents coming up, if they're playing at the Olympico and they're 2-0 up early, I would not expect uh, the Bianco Celesti to squander lead like they did against La Dea. Not many teams play the football Atalanta does or have that know-how or desire to produce such comebacks. So I think more than anything too is they need the best players to keep on shining. So Immobile had a bit of a disappointing game today, but uh, if Correa can, uh, you know, keep getting involved in the goals... uh, Malinkovic Savage scored a lovely goal in this match against Atalanta. So if he can still produce his all-round performances in midfield, I think that will be fundamental too. And of course, having someone like Francesco Cherubi in defence, if he can remain that experienced, rock-solid defender and give uh, Thomas Strakosha and the rest of the Lazzariga that necessary protection, um, they might still have a shout of breaking Juve's dominance. Yeah, well, they've got Fiorentina at home, Torino away, and Milan at home as the next three. Kev, you'd fancy them to kind of just get back on top of things. Yeah, yeah, they'll 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 get back in the run. I don't I don't see them, particularly with Inter, dropping points in comical comical-ish fashion today. Um, don't see them finishing any lower than second. It's just whether Juve actually stop grinding out these results that they just seem to just seem to pick up I'll tell you one thing about the goals today was that the speed of the uh, the Lazio first because uh, I had it on indoors and the missus was rarely sat with me for once and 
lifted her head from her smartphone and she she says to me is that sped up (laughs) (laughs) the the way at which a mobile broke on the right it did look like it was on a sort of a, a sort of a speed a sort of speed step ahead of itself he absolutely threw flew down that wing and um, the room put the ball in with uh, an equal amount of pace and um, vigor. I think it was Lattery, wasn't it? That got three down. The well, it, oh, so I mistook um, him for, for Mobley, probably because we had the, the Premier League football as well. They look so, quite so, similar as well, though, to be fair. But no, you saw him do that time and time again with Spal, too. Just Lattery just bombing down the wing and that cross, Martin Darun. I mean, there's no way he should have gone for that with his right foot. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking, but. The decent volley smashed it past Pierluigi Gallini. But then, as you have pointed out in our little chat, Vito, Theron really redeemed himself with his, the rest of his performance alongside Remo Freuler, who I thought was phenomenal as well. Yeah, well, yeah, he improved since then. Um, and, of course, uh, Freuler and Theron, the fundamental to the Atalanta side because they are the main uh, engine room of the team. They provide that sort of energy. And also it was the rune that provided the assist for Malinovsky's stunning equaliser. So he Generous can uh, get a bit of that an that. assist. Come on. Yeah. Oh, look, at least he made the pass. So it was <laughs> it was something. Uh, but still, yeah, Malinovsky deserves lots of credit for such an audacious strike. And it goes to show um, Ilicic didn't start this game, so he needed to be the one to provide those mercurial talents in between midfield and attack, and uh, he was able to do it at the right moment. He chose the right person to pass to. (laughs) Even if it's a two-yard pass, he's chose the right person to pass. (laughs) If you look up and see a defensive wall in front of you, and Papu's not there, give it to Malinowski, and he'll just smash it as hard as he possibly can. He's a strange player because he doesn't necessarily fit into this Atalanta team, but he can produce things like that. We saw it against Alas Verona, against Fiorentina, against now Lazio. He's done it against a couple of other teams as well. He's a freak. That left foot is dangerous, not only for opposing teams, but for anyone who dares get in the way, even if it's a fan behind the goal. It's unbelievable. But anyway, we'll move on from Atalanta. We'll talk about Juve because they did beat Bologna as you would have expected them to, 2-0 away from home. Cristiano Ronaldo scored a penalty, Kev, justifying and proving beyond any reasonable doubt that he is the best footballer in the world. Yeah. Did that also prove why he was down to take the fifth in the Coppa Italia? Yeah, but he, want, he wanted to take his shirt off. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. It was actually, there, there was a few harsh uh, penalty calls this weekend. And actually, this was one of the, one of the few that, you know, when you look back at it, you know, the, the shirt tug on the lick was was quite obvious. Um, but, yeah, Ronaldo will do that. I was actually more impressed probably by Dybala's performance there and a, and a little bit in the in the cup earlier um, previous week. Well, Dybala so, and Bernadeschi, to be fair, at Bologna were quite good. Bernadeschi's uh, touch as well, um, it's a little bit showy, but actually if he doesn't do that, you notice that the the defender behind him goes fully one way because he expects him to turn the more natural way onto the onto the ball and the flip just opens up that space for to to give Dybala that half yard and the actual gap to shoot through. Um terrific bit of skill. Yeah, they're both 
they did both did really well almost after Bernadeschi came on too late in the Coppa Italia final to really affect it because he didn't see much of the ball. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, an interesting one with Ronaldo because he'll keep scoring his goals, he'll keep uh, reigniting this Messi Ronaldo debate on social media. But I, I think from next season we might see a uh, a slight decline, or maybe just if if Juventus focus on uh, almost the the next generation, how they got a transition from this side that on paper looked like they shouldn't be leading leading Serie A, um, or you know, or, or picking up points so regularly with such efficiency, um, and, and how they go about engineering him out. Yeah, it's strange because I've still not really seen Cristiano Ronaldo play well for Juve other than that game against Atletico Madrid. But, Vito, let me know if this is too harsh. Um, I wrote this week that watching Juventus often leaves you feeling an overwhelming sense of hopelessness. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, pretty much. They're, they're a team that's just built built to win. And, you know, they do it by, you know, without maximum effort. If anything, they're a team capable of getting the maximum result with as little effort as possible. Uh, they are probably the most boring team to watch, which is a bit of a shame because they still have some fine attacking weapons, but um, they are essentially an Italian cliche that winning is all that really matters and uh, uh, they're just there just to rack up the trophies and put the score on the board. Um, even with someone like Maurizio Sarri, we haven't really seen... Sarismo a great deal throughout the season and uh, uh, I don't see it changing much any time soon. Possibly we might see changes next season if Sarri does stay on and hopefully the Juventus can make some changes in midfield because I still that think that midfield is more suited to counter-attacking football and a lot of those midfielders are more for sort of protecting the fans and... Uh, Retrieving the ball back for Juve, they're not the guys that can really dictate the tempo or really boss the midfield. So um, I just feel that sometimes, you know, if it wasn't for this podcast, we would just be better off checking the results on a phone app, watching the highlights on YouTube or another platform and leave it at that. They're not a team that you would want to sit down and watch for 90 minutes. They're not a Atalanta where, you know, you know you've spent 90 minutes and it's really been worthwhile. That's true. Um, I spoke to AS Roma's website, and I, I said exactly that. It's kind of a shame that the first game back was was Juve and Milan, because these are two teams that, if we didn't do what we do, we probably would try not to watch, if, if at all possible. But Kev, why do Juve keep winning? Because they're, I mean, they're not actually very good, are they? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> Use a word, come on. It's not, it's, not, it's not that they're not very good. It's not even that performances aren't very good. The, the performances are uh, robotic, Again, you know, you you talk about this this feeling of sort of hopelessness. Just you can't get emotional about Juve, really. And, and they've kind of brought that upon themselves. They've got this squad of um, stars, if we call it that. Certainly, a, a be- probably a better squad on paper than most uh, Serie A sides. And you know, you go to the Juventus Stadium and you can see how commercial they've made it and, you know, the anthems and how it's driven at generating revenue more than than even Vito suggests with just picking up point after point after point. You know, that is their model to be successful in Italy. But I think Agnelli would, would probably rather have the European Super Club model because on those few occasions when they do lose, if they're losing to a Barcelona or a Bayern Munich with some more stars, the fans will walk away from the stadium and be happy that Messi or I was going to say Schweinsteiger, but he, he uh, retired a long time ago. But you know what I mean? They, you know, they generate their sort of their focus at the moment is to be an entertainment brand. They've, they've almost gone beyond being successful in in Italy because it's 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 become too accustomed of just picking up the Scudetto. Um, thank you, Vito, for punching in with Lewandowski. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just want to bring that to the table as well. Kev, who writes about football, is writing a book about football and does a weekly, now bi-weekly podcast about football. Couldn't think of any famous footballers' names, so Vito had to tell them Robert well, Lewandowski. Got a current Bayern Munich stars, and I've also been watching Bundesliga. And also, I'm a third Polish. <laughs> that's the icing on the cake there's no excuse for that he's probably our, our our national top scorer now but but yeah i don't know they've it's a it's a fine balancing act when the rest of the league isn't coming with you on it because what we what you saw in the premier league um probably 20 years ago was that there, there's at least a handful or half a dozen clubs that have got similar stars so you get more games built up um Italy has got the entertainment factor, certainly sort of entertainment-wise when you look at the likes of Atalanta and even Sassuolo. Um, but it doesn't draw in the money. And, and I think um, Juventus sometimes, that swagger 
that air of superiority makes you lose a little bit of love for them. And maybe maybe that actually colours our view of their performances. But I think it's probably they're a little bit robotic at the moment, a little bit mechanic. Mechanic, there's not apart from Dybala, what other flair is there? You know, you've got no real attacking fullbacks, even uh, Alexandro, um, who who should be doing that job. Um, he's shown, shown glimpse of it. Just they don't thrill you like other uh, other attacking defensive so uh, attacking defenders within the league. Well, that's what they're supposed to do this year, which is I think why a lot of people are more critical of them because Sari was Sari was brought in to make them that team, the, the team who entertain and still win. And so far, it hasn't been done. Uh, but who knows? Maybe it will next year if he's still there. We don't even really know. In a word, then, guys, both of you, do you still make them favourites for the title? Yes. Yeah, after after Lazio's result tonight, I do, yeah. Okay. On to Inter, their third place. Um, but they're only four points ahead of Atalanta now. They slipped up again against Sassuolo. And what is it about Inter when they play Sassuolo that they just, I don't know, they kind of just shit the bed, don't they, Vito? Pretty much so. Uh, they're not a team that Inter tend to humiliate now. I was discussing again with my father this morning that the only time I can remember Inter dismantling Sassuolo was when the Nero Verdi were first in Serie A and Walter Mazzari was their coach and they were getting 7-0 wins. But for some reason, the last few years, um, Sassuolo don't feel threatened by them and they've even managed to get... Uh, wins on the way too so yeah it's uh, funny because both teams play a real contrast of styles Sassuolo have been this possession based side since they have been in Serie A whereas Inter more or less a team built for counter attacking football but they have been uh, pretty close encounters especially if the scores are anything to go by it's strange isn't it because a lot of people had Inter as the second favourites, or some people even had Inter as favourites for the Scudetto earlier on in the season, but it's just not happened. They've not been very good. And, Kev, is there is there a finger to be pointed at Antonio Conte here? I mean, we've seen before that he's done well with, with Juve and with Chelsea and even with Italy when he's had time to prepare for specific games, but whenever he's had a side in Europe, it's not quite white gone as well I know he still won Scudetto after Scudetto with Juve but I mean this is when Serie A was very much weighted in their favour it didn't work for him at Chelsea when he had to play in Europe as well and in the knockout rounds of that European Championship with Italy when there was more than one game a week he struggled is he just like not able to manage two games a week I don't know he he clearly gets his sides very fit but you look at um, you look at what he had at Juventus, and the starting eleven very rarely changed. You know they were they were uh, what you describe as a well-oiled machine. Um, but you know he moaned about the um, the financial support he got at Juventus to have them challenging in Europe. But um, you know often struggle when bringing somebody else in, uh, and then you know going back to the same eleven. A little bit of that happened. At, at Chelsea, they had an awful start, and then I mean he moved to three at the back, and but once he settled that side, there was very few changes. And I sort of watched them against uh, Sampdoria, and I thought, wow, they're a lot more fluid than what they were in the Coppa Italia semi. And then suddenly, he made four substitutions, no, five substitutions in the last fifteen minutes, 
and they then they they sort of struggled to see the game out. It looked like they you know all their that fluidity had, had been disrupted. And again tonight they were two one up, and it was last twenty. They'd already taken Devry off for an injury. Then they've got four subs in the last twenty minutes. Then Skriniar gets. It seems as though once he's gone past the eleven that he set up for his 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 game plan, his substitutions don't work. And and you know like tonight they they just then made stupid mistakes to throw the game away. It's almost it's plan A or it's nothing at all. And plan A doesn't work twice a week. You know it just can't. Yeah. Not for a prolonged period of time, which is. What he's going to have to deal with now is he's going to have to make changes. He's allowed to have more substitutes and he's going to have to make changes to his 11 more regularly, which isn't something he likes doing all that much. But I don't know, Inter are just a little bit disappointing. Um, it's not going well. Roma, Vito, you watched Roma this evening. They beat, they beat Sampdoria 2-1. But just, just Ed and Dzeko. He's, he's now the fifth highest goal scorer in Roma's history. And it's two goals tonight. He loves that over-the-shoulder volley. We saw him score a similar one against Chelsea and against Torino at the first game of last season. We've got to give him some credit, right? We, we criticise him at times, but sometimes you do just have to hold your hands up and say he's done quite a good job for them. Yes, well, I must admit, there have been quite a few games where Jacko has looked rather lacklustre and you just think... Uh, What's this lumberjack doing up front? Like uh, there are other games where he's probably one of uh, sorry Roma's most important players, oh. almost oh. decisive. And I'm not saying he's it. the guy; he's not the guy, but he's up there. So you know, to put the ball in the back of the net, even though he's 34 this year. So yeah, I think um, you know, it just goes to show that you know he's had that finishing ability and he's got the experience to add to that. And uh, in this particular game, his finishing uh, made the difference because Sampdoria played uh, defensively for the majority of the game. And uh, when you attack like that, sometimes you just got to make the most of that limited space you get. And at those times, for both goals, when the spaces open up, he was able to take his opportunities well. Well, look at the next group of teams as a bit of a block. We've got Napoli, Milan, Parma and Verona who are separated by four points. And seventh place will be a Europa League qualification place this season because Napoli have won the Coppa Italia already. So, well, presuming Napoli finish in the top six, if they finish where they currently are, that is. But Napoli have a spot and then it's sixth place. So of those four teams... Two of them should be going to Europe. And it's a bit interesting because Milan are Milan, right? They, they to their credit, won comfortably. Um, but it was against Lecce. Not... I, I was disappointed with Lecce. Why? I, I watched the first 45 that minute, uh, 45, first 45 minutes of the game. And I thought, why are, why are they so standoffish? Have they looked at the players on this pit uh, on the on the team sheet, or have they just read the name at the top of it? Mm. And, you know, because Milan have not won a title in in nearly a decade, and te- you know these teams seem to still be playing the historical name. I think that you know if, if they continue to be sort of not challenging for trophies as such, I know they got to the uh, semis of the. No, they didn't get to the semis of the Coppa Italia this year, did they? But. Anyway, yeah, I just thought oh, Lecce could have really gone for them because there's gaps there, and then you know Milan really just took their chances when they came to them. I don't know who you're talking about. 
Milan did get to the semi-finals for Coppa Italia. Did they? Oh, oh. Last week. I know. What? Oh, of course, it, yeah, it was Juve. I was I'll for, second-guessing I'll forgive myself. you because there's so much happening at the moment. I'm forgetting what It's the whole Lewandowski. Question <laughs> you thought he was Ibrahimovic or something, didn't you? Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it is strange. And Lecce, you would think that travel rule where clubs have to travel on the day of games and stuff now should really favour Lecce when they play at home anyway because Puglia is far away from the north. But wasn't to be. Um, uh, Vito, what, what are your thoughts on that little bunch, Napoli, Milan, Parma and, and Verona? Oh, it's very, very interesting. And uh, with Milan, you'd think that they might have the odd good days, but considering the circumstances that they've been in, uh, not just in the last year or so, but probably for the last decade, that they might find a way to squander this run anyway, or they won't be able to build upon this win. Uh, Elas Verona, they did lose to Napoli, but... I think the way Napoli have been galvanised under Gattuso, even though it was a home game for the Jalabu, I think, you know, they lost to a good team. So I think they're capable of uh, bouncing back and getting good results. And uh, I did the match report for the win against Kairi, and I thought that even though offensively they were only good in the first half, they still got an excellent defence. And Ivan... Uh, Ivan Juric has really organised this team defensively so solidly and compact as well. I think they're more than capable of getting results on a consistent basis. Padma, I think it's more a case of the individuals offensively needing to fire up, especially after smashing Genoa. Um, if uh, Cornelius can play well against other teams, not just uh, Genoa, <laughs> and then, of course, Kulusevski... Uh, he, along with Giovinho, he's someone that provides some flair and excitement. Uh, they can give uh, Roberto Daversa's side a bit of hope. Cornelius is weird, isn't he? Because he scored 11 goals this season, Kev. Six of them have come against Genoa. He scored two hat-tricks against them. And there was a point yesterday, before the game finished, obviously, where he had scored two hat-tricks against Genoa and not played 90 minutes against them once. <laughs> what? How does this happen? Because yeah. Genoa, uh, if you remember back in February, we were praising Genoa for having restructured their defence by bringing in Maziello and the other guy whose name I cannot remember right now. Um, Sumaro. That's the one. Thank you. And they looked really, really solid. I remember watching them win 3-0 at Bologna. They looked a much better team. And then Cornelius just tore them apart. Kev, why? Well, yeah, they were defensively, they were a shambles. Um, yesterday um, I, I don't think there is any real uh, logical reason behind Cornelius um, I saw your tweets um, about him not playing 90 minutes um, it is a bit of a strange one that he scored two hat-tricks not only against Genoa you know over his career but uh, in, in the same season within um, six my, months of each other it almost felt inevitable as well when sort of the second half came came out. Um, yeah, I, I tell you, you, you do give him credit for the second. It was a wonderfully taken mm. goal um, because you don't really usually see that sort of deft touch uh, and technique from him. I, I was half surprised he didn't just try and hook it over his shoulder and just smash it as hard as he could. Um, similarly with the header to get down that low and sort of guide it past um, Perrin. 
But um, yeah, I don't know. they they had chances as well. Jenna, um, you know, obviously Krishito um, missed the pen. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Luigi Zeppa saved the penalty. Um, yeah. And I I need to I need to step up here to be honest because everyone has listened to the podcast for for more than six months will have heard me lament Luigi Giuseppe week after week after week last season. And that's because he was one of the worst goalkeepers I had ever seen in my life. And this year, I've given him credit because he's improved so much. It's so bizarre. And he saved two penalties in two games now. And, I mean, with Bruno Alves in front of him, and that, that back line's not exactly the weakest. Parma should fancy themselves, I think, to to push Milan and even Napoli. It was his distribution that I was never that taken with. And the, for all the fact that he used to he try to make saves, if you like call them, for the camera, you know, pushing them away rather than sort of hold on to them so you don't lose possession. It was, you know, and then some, occasionally some of those would fall into the pass of an on-rushing player. Um, but yeah, he is, the penalty save was uh, much harder than the one um, against Torino, which was just hit terribly and almost yeah. straight out. Yeah, but that that was the thing about Seppi. He was really strange because he would make these phenomenal saves that he had no right to make, but then it's the easy things, shots that were straight at him, the back passes and the crosses that he just couldn't deal with. And he seems to have sorted most of that, excluding the distribution out, because that still needs some work. But more often than not, he just offloads it to Bruno Alves, who's got... Well, I mean, he's got great passing ability from the back and he's able to organise just about anything he wants. I was wondering how long it would take for you to look at me as I started talking about Bruno, Kev. Well, but, I thought you were going to start listing off. He's got great passing and lovely, girly, you know, lovely jet black hair. And He does have <laughs> nice skin. hair, doesn't he? He does have Massive nice hair. Eyes. He's a beautiful man. He's He's huge. He's huge. But anyway... Let's move on from that. I don't think any of us would mind looking like Bruno Alves at ah, his age. You're absolutely right. I wouldn't, I'm 26 <laughs> and I wouldn't mind looking at like him now, Kev. <laughs> to be We're honest. objectifying footballers. <laughs> we shouldn't should, be doing that. We shouldn't bring this podcast down to that level. We'd do anything for Bruno. Can we just... Sorry, I'm going to cut across you, Connor. Can we just go back to Verona? Because yeah. Vito kind of rounded up that pot of clubs at the same time. I felt desperately sorry for them against Napoli because Ospina made a couple of great saves. And if anything, that should have maybe been a draw that game. I don't think they quite overran Napoli to, to win it, but they had enough chances. Very missed that awful chance. You know, I was talking to Alistair McKenzie of this parish about chesting the ball over the bar from like a yard out. Oh. Um, so they had, they had shots saved by very, very good saves from Ospina and missed some sort of crucial chances that, that could have taken them to three points, but at least if not one. There you go. Is that all you want to say about Verona? Yeah. No, I think they're in the mix for that seventh place. Yeah, definitely. And it's quite nice that a, a promoted team have come up and got involved in that. And it, it is quite nice seeing Parma there as well. For for reasons beyond the fact that I live here, uh, it is genuinely quite nice because of the story there. Cagliari, they beat Spal, but... I mean, they beat Spal by the skin of their teeth. This was Andrea Patania. Oh, my God. He's been phenomenal for two years. And he, he missed a chance that 
if he had scored it, Spal were what four points from safety or something. Now they're seven. Mm. This was their chance, Vito. They didn't take it. Spal could be in big, big, big trouble. But whisper it. It's not looking good. And also for me, it was the battle between the two worst coaches in Serie A. So in this case, <laughs> Luigi Di Biagio is worse than Walter Zenga. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're surprised that Di Biagio is still in his job, right? Because when he took over, we kind of said he'd probably get five games and then get sacked. But then the world stopped. So he's still in a job just because there wasn't any football. Hmm. Yeah, and I think he can uh, be grateful that he still has a job for the time being. Mm. Gets amplitude back. Uh, the re- the relegation mm-hmm. scrap is a little bit interesting because you've got, what, Letter on 25 points, and you've got Genoa Sampdoria, Udinese, all just within three points of them, oh. and then you've got Fiorentina, Torino, and Sassuolo, even Bologna just floating about there. Kev, what's wrong with you? Udinese. You want um, them gone? I watched that game yesterday. <laughs> I, 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 start, I, I don't really sway you know, positively for a particular Serie A side. Yeah, but for the first time, I actually wanted Udinese to go down. <laughs> <laughs> I thought myself, they're, they're, they're just, they're nothing. They're yeah, not yeah, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're just treading water. And someone needs to cut their legs off. They're worse than mm-hmm. Kievo were. Because at least oh. Kievo were a thing, right? They, they, they had no right to ever be in Serie A. Udinese are so dull. I've, quite honestly, wanted them to get relegated for about five years now. Because what, what is the point? They offer nothing. I mean, since all of those players came through there and they got the Champions League, and since Di Natale retired, basically, what's the point in, in Udinese? And actually, I think that's that I felt like that because I'd watched all of these teams over a really short space of time. So you like you watch Spau and you think, oh, okay, they've got a bit about them. You know, you watch Lecce and you think, oh, okay, you didn't really put much in against Milan, but you know, there's something there. You know, and then, but so I think when you don't watch those back to back to back, Udinese sort of slip under the radar. Whereas if you're forced to watch them amongst all these other teams, you think, wow, the one side out of all those twenty that really sort of just leave you feeling cold and lifeless is Udinese. Mm. Maybe it's something to do with playing in black and white. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Don't draw any comparisons with any other Serie A club playing in black and white. We don't have biases here. But looking <laughs> at the, um, the Serie A table, right, and purely from a selfish point of view, if I list all the clubs in the bottom half, you've got Bologna, Sassuolo, kind of ideal for me. Torino, I like nice going to the Stadio Olimpico, hearing that whistling tune. Fiorentina, I go to regularly. Sampdoria, Genoa, it's good for the spread. Having the two teams in Liguria, I like the Marassi, it's good. Lecce, always good to have a team from the south in there. Spal, I have a, I have a big soft spot for, which everyone knows. Brescia, I mean, less said about them, the better. They're in the bin anyway. Uh, Udinese just makes sense for me to want to get relegated because it's difficult to go there. So that's, that's my reason for it, yes. Udinese and Lecce play second to last game of the season. Well, Lecce are going to win. If there's still three <laughs> points between them. No, there won't be, because Udinese do this every year. They tease you. They tease you into thinking they're going to get relegated. And then 
with about nine games left, they win three, and then they're safe and just switch off again. So Lecce will beat them, but it won't matter for Udinese because it's just what they do every year. The worst. The worst. Do you know what the most interesting thing about Udinese was? Go on. Is what? trying to work out why the pool has a hairband for hair that clearly doesn't need it to keep it out of his eyes. Because Cristiano Ronaldo did that earlier this season, do you remember? May well be. But then you're not supposed to be making comparisons with teams that also play in black. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that, did you just set me up for that one? I didn't say that, but as soon as you started, as soon as, soon as you started, I knew where I was going with it. Um, well, fair enough. I do think we made slightly different comparisons, but there you go. Any, any more for any more, boys? Anything to, to say? I don't really know what else happened. It's too difficult. No, it looks like we've pretty much covered what's necessary. Oh, the only other thing with Inter and Sassuolo. Oh, Roberto Gagliardini's miss. Oh, yeah. One of the worst misses of the season. Yeah. What? A joke. It was a decade. It was bad. Yeah. Talk through it. What happened? In case anyone hasn't seen it. If you've not seen it, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. But, Yeah. uh, yeah, go on. Oh, yeah. Look, I think it was a counter-attack. It was a build-up um, from the left. And I think it was Lukaku. Either Lukaku or Martinez that got the shot off. Um, and then uh, Gagliardini ran in to get the rebound. And from five metres, he had a, pretty much an empty goal. It didn't look like Consigli could save it. But, yeah, he somehow blasted it over the bar. Um, I've just noticed something, guys. I've made What's a mistake. That? I've made a mistake in the last three minutes. Okay. Because guess, guess who Atalanta play away from home next up? <laughs> Juventus. Udinese. <laughs> oh you know boy. what's going to happen there? Udinese are taking three points. Oh, those boys from Bergamo are going home disappointed on Sunday evening. Uh, the next round of fixtures then basically Juve, Lecce, Brescia, Veron, Brescia, Genoa. Cagliari Torino, Lazio Fiorentina, Milan Roma, Napoli Spal, Sampdoria Bologna, Udinese Atalanta, Sassuolo Verona, and Parma Milan. And then that takes us through till Sunday evening when we will be recording again. So this should be out for you guys to listen to on Thursday morning, June 25th. Then that podcast will be out on Monday, June 29th. Is that correct? Yes. And then we'll reevaluate and we'll speak to you at some point in the near future. Um, Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao.
my house. So what? Before that. Um, you're recording now, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You pour yourself a drink. I think, no, given yeah. what we've just witnessed together, but in separate parts of the world, it's only fitting that we pour out a drink and say thank you to Mr. Giampiero Gasparini because what he has done with Atalanta is <laughs> ridiculous. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 